0: today on the weekly walk podcast eric and i are going to take you back to the 70s to two of our favorite commercials maybe not our favorite commercials but those commercials that stay with you throughout your life i have no doubt that at least some of you will remember probably both of them and from there we're going to talk about the incredibly powerful impacts that a walking practice can have on our brains in both the short and the long term. So if protecting your brain health, thinking as clearly as you can, maintaining your memory for as long as possible, if those things are important to you, lace up your sneakers and let's get going. Welcome to the Weekly Walk Podcast, the perfect podcast to take with you on a 30-minute walk. I'm Joyce Shulman, the PAC leader here at 99Walks, and each week we explore different tools and tactics that you can use to create the life you want, because you really can change your life in 99Walks. Hey, Joyce. Hey, Eric.
1: Do you remember that old commercial?
0: You tell two friends and she tells two friends. The Well of balsam commercial?
1: <laughs> yeah, let's do that for 99Walks <laughs> and jetty poles, but no, not that commercial. The, actually, it was a public service announcement. Is that different than a commercial? Uh,
0: I don't know. I think it's still a commercial. I don't know.
1: Uh, with, with some dude who goes, holds up an egg and goes, this is your brain. And then he cracks the egg into a frying pan and goes, this is your brain on drugs. Any questions? <laughs> Do you remember that one? How I do?
0: You did actually pretty well, and I do remember that one. And, you know, sometimes they do these commercials that just become practically parodies, but that one does stick in your memory, and that must have been 40 years ago.
1: Oh, at least. And after seeing that, I never did another drug.
0: (laughs) So it was super effective.
1: Super effective. Well, we should do one like that, and it would go I guess it would have to start in the frying pan and say, this is your brain. And then the, it would, like, go backwards and into a nice, pure egg. And it would say, this is your brain on walking. Any questions?
0: We should totally do that.
1: <laughs> Shouldn't we do that?
0: Let's film that. That'll be so uh, fun.
1: How can uh, Megan could so probably do that, right? Just reverse it. And... Totally.
0: <laughs> All right, you heard it here first. All
1: right, let's put that out in the universe. That would be so, that'd be fun. Put that on our YouTube. This is your brain. Sizzle, sizzle, sizzle. This is your brain on walking. Any questions? Okay. Done. So the point.
0: Yeah, what is the point? (laughs) Would
1: you like me to get to the point?
0: I would love for you to get to the point.
1: Walking is really good for your brain.
0: That is a fact. I mean, that is. That is a fact on so many levels and in so many ways.
1: Yeah, like short-term, long-term, medium-term, very short-term, (laughs) extra-long-term. It's good, right?
0: It's really good. And I think that is a helpful and useful construct to look at it. the power of walking for your brain in the short-term and the long-term. Because otherwise, it becomes so overwhelming, you can just run through a list of a dozen different ways that walking helps your brain
1: what is (laughs) i need to go for a walk
0: it's a little early
1: it's so early but yeah short term let's give some examples
0: so can we start with the long term it's just easier because the list is a little bit shorter
1: wait the list for the long term is shorter (laughs) and the list for the short term is longer Yes. Okay, so let's start with the long-term.
0: So the long-term benefits of a regular walking practice, let's talk about gray matter. You know what gray matter is?
1: Your brain? A lot of your brain?
0: Much of your brain. It's the part of your brain, and again, not a scientist, not a doctor, not a neuro- neurologist. So we're talking kind of accessible user information not layman's layman's that's the word i was looking for thank you layman's terms but the gray matter of your brain is the the cells and the neurons in your brain that actually kind of do the work they're the ones that help you think that they encode memory they process all of that kind of stuff and the very unfortunate research shows that as we age we lose gray matter
1: we like lose the mass of it. Like we lose cells and ounces or whatever, grams of gray matter.
0: Yeah. Ew. Yeah, so that whole, the whole horrible expression of a senior moment, which I think is an expression that we should all just wipe from our vocabulary forever. But there is some truth to that because our brains do not function with the same level because there's just less of them. Isn't that awful?
1: less 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 brain a, less brain less brain I need all the brain I have
0: no doubt so one of the ways that you can not just protect your gray matter but grow your gray matter is a regular walking practice
1: and do they know how that works or why that works or they just know that it
0: works uh, there are a bunch of different theories on how what the mechanism is around that uh, but not a ton of clarity Nothing that has convinced me that this is the mechanism, but they have shown the impact. And what they have seen in some studies is while people typically lose between 1% and 2% of their gray matter a year, a year, uh, 40s or 50s, I know, a regular walking practice can actually show increases between one and two percent so you're talking about a three to four percent swing
1: wow i want to just stop this podcast and go for a walk (laughs) i
0: know right so improvements in the gray matter of your brain and this is really interesting because it used to be that they believed that whatever cells you had in your brain when you finished growing like you get what you get and you don't get upset (laughs) Right? Remember, they used to think that your brain was fixed. And then this whole world of neuroplasticity came up that shows that your brain actually can regenerate, can improve, can develop new cells, and can get better, stronger, smarter, all the things. So that was sort of the precursor to, okay, if your brain can improve, what kinds of things can we do to help that process along? And walking is one of them. What about Wordle? (laughs) <laughs> I don't know about wordle.
1: If I, I wonder what would happen if I walked and wordled. I'd probably trip and fall. So don't do that. But then we'll, let me ask you this. Well, this goes to short term and we'll get to this later. But should I wordle before I walk or after I walk? And let's put a pin in that and hold that
0: one. Okay. We okay. will put a pin in that.
1: So is adding gray matter the same as what they call plasticity?
0: Well, plasticity means you have the capacity to add gray matter.
1: Ah, okay.
0: Plasticity is the idea that your brain is not fixed, which is what they used to believe. Right. You, get what you, get, you don't get upset. So then they came to realize that your brain can change and grow. So that's gray matter. You want to talk about white matter? I, I do. What do you know about white matter?
1: It's also in your brain?
0: You are the smartest. It's <laughs> because I went for a walk. So the white matter is less studied and generally considered kind of the scaffolding is the best analogy I saw that makes sense. So it's the scaffolding that holds up the gray matter. Like so the gray it, it, matter is not just a lump. It's kind of in this structure.
1: It's almost like the fascia of your brain.
0: I suppose.
1: How's that for an analogy? That could be. Okay.
0: And the white matter is what helps transfer electrical impulses from one area of your brain to another. Again, layman's terms, not a scientist, but there are different parts. We all know there are different uh, regions of our brain that kind of are responsible for different things, but our brain has to communicate with, other, with itself, I guess parts of our brain have to communicate with other parts of our brain is what i'm trying to say and the white matter helps to facilitate that turns out that walking strengthens the white matter too
1: so with the white matter your brain is communicating among itself that's going to help you like solve problems better that, that's just an awesome thing to have right
0: yeah stronger a stronger brain is what we're all looking for I think
1: stronger associations among different things so all right what else the uh, hippocampus is that are these like all the main parts of the brain that we're talking about today
0: are what all the main parts of the gray
1: brain? white and hippocampus no <laughs> they're important parts
0: not not at all they're important they're <laughs> the gray matter is a uh, an element. Uh, there's a word I'm looking for, but it's part of your brain. The white matter is part of your brain, but the hippocampus is a region of your brain, and there are many different regions of your brain. Got so it. So it's le- not like white matter, gray matter, and the hippocampus. The hippocampus is gray matter, is comprised of gray matter, and I assume some white matter as well, though I don't know.
1: Fascinating. I'm learning so much today. <laughs> (laughs) So what about the effects on the hippocampus from walking?
0: So that's one of the specific areas that they have measured and seen an increase in the volume of the gray matter of the hippocampus. One of the key uh, functioning, it's kind of considered the source of your executive function, your memory, your processing center.
1: So important. Important. Walking helps it. Yeah. (laughs) And all of this, again, we're talking long term so with some of the effects of aging and some of the frankly diseases that we see in our brain from aging are are they showing benefits
0: absolutely so a regular walking practice has been shown to reduce your risk of alzheimer's and dementia uh-huh. just ask my dad <laughs>
1: walks and exercises all the time and at 94 is still my dad awesome yeah that's that's amazing
0: all right so any other long-term benefits or shall we move on to short-term let's talk let's talk about some of the short-term benefits sounds good can i bore everybody with the creativity Study again for like the fifth time we've talked about it, so I'll do it really fast. But a brilliant study out of Stanford University showed that a 20 minute walk can boost your creativity by 60%, and those benefits last beyond, uh, last for several hours following that. So, you know, we think that if we want to think better, we should just sit and Google more, but in fact, we got to give our brains time to do their best work.
1: So, that when I try to think of something, sometimes I'll do the Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> you know, the Winnie the Pooh where he sits there and he taps his head and goes, think, think, think. Uh, you should just go for a walk. Right. Awesome. So next time I'm trying to think of something, whether – and I am I fall prey to this. I always say, let me Google it. Let me get some ideas.
0: You do. Yeah. And, and there's definitely value in that. The way I see it is – Google for some ideas, but then take the walk so that your body can synthesize those ideas or your brain can synthesize those ideas and make those connections. That's the piece.
1: And you know what's one of my favorite things, and I've gotten better at doing this? What? For one of the short-term benefits, is getting my energy up. Like I was sitting at my desk yesterday, and you were out, and... I looked up and I think I'd been sitting in my chair for 2 hours. And I got up and walked around the building. I walked over and visited Chris and just moved, just a couple laps around our building. I think it, you know, took 4 4 minutes, 5 minutes. But I got back to my desk and I was refreshed and like ready to go again.
0: Are you sure you didn't need a cup of coffee and a chocolate chip cookie? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I uh, that was that was me circa 1996 let's
0: say That's not tr- entirely <laughs> true you circa 1990 no even later than that it was uh, a diet coke and a couple of chocolate little chocolate chip cookies remember those little mini chocolate chip cookies you used to get from the gas station
1: The f- Famous Amos, or were they different? No, they, they were.
0: They were like the cheap gas station <laughs> oh, chocolate chip cookies. The
1: ones that took me back to elementary school. Yeah. Get them. I think. I think they were a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> you get like three chocolate chip cookies for a quarter. Yeah, no, those. But you could yeah. buy
0: an uh, an entire house for twelve bucks. So but, at the time, you know.
1: <laughs> and the diet coke cost a nickel.
0: <laughs>
1: but I've literally given up all of those things, and. Re- replace them with walking.
0: Well, you do occasionally indulge in the chocolate chip cookie.
1: Occasionally. Or the homemade apple pie.
0: Oh, we made a homemade apple pie the other night, which was amazing, though we realized that three of us, a homemade apple pie lasts under 24 hours, (laughs) and there are only three of us in the house. So there's that. But you know what? Maddie and I realized last night. What? We have enough ingredients for another apple pie. (laughs) So it might be on the menu for tonight.
1: Mm, all right. Uh, so anyway, boosting our energy by going for a walk.
0: Yeah. And even a short walk, right? Yeah. So there's a study out of the University of Georgia that a 10-minute walk. Now, this was a little bit different because this walk was in a stairwell. So they were stair walking up and down. But nevertheless, 10 minutes in a stairwell had an equivalent energy boost to a shot of espresso.
1: You know, I would posit that... Whatever extra energy output was caused by walking up and down this stairwell would be sort of replaced by the value and benefits of an outside walk of seeing the sky and seeing the trees and the fresh air. So I would posit that even though that was in a stairwell, an outside walk, and I've just seen it from my own experience, is going to boost your energy.
0: Absolutely. So if you walk out our front door and you walk straight to the end of the street and turn around, it's a dead end. Well, you can get off it, but it goes to a dead end and comes back. It's exactly a mile, like to the step. And that is the energy boost walk for me. There's a little hill in there. It takes, you know, uh, I don't know, I'm doing the math, right? How long does it take me to walk exactly a mile? 18 minutes? Yeah, about that. Somewhere between 15 and 18, depending on whether or not I have the dog with me. Uh, and that's, that's the magic walk for me as far as energy goes.
1: Yeah. And I just, again, found five minutes walking around our, our building, which is not a particularly scenic walk either.
0: Not scenic at all.
1: It just got me fired up again.
0: Let's talk a little bit about decision fatigue. Let's. So can you describe decision fatigue a little bit?
1: So over the course of our day, making decision after decision after decision basically tires out our brain. And the anecdote around this, one of them is why Steve Jobs always wore his black turtleneck. Mm. And uh, I think Barack Obama always wore a gray suit or almost always because they didn't want to have to make the decision. What am I going to wear today?
0: Sometimes when I'm in the kitchen and in the morning, early, 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 and I'm trying to decide if I want a cup of tea or a cup of coffee, I literally think to myself, crap, you are burning (laughs) decision-making capacity on the decision between coffee and tea. What's wrong with you? And then I'm thinking that that kind of is not super helpful either.
1: But But the the gist is over the course (laughs) of a day we will make better decisions earlier in the day when we're fresher, our brain is fresher, and later in the day, we're going to struggle.
0: Why is that?
1: I I mean, this isn't technically correct, but I sort of think of it as the brain is a muscle. And the more you use your brain, a la walking, a la cross-body movements, a la Wordle, the more you're strengthening the brain, But the more you use it, you're also fatiguing it a little bit, which is why we need sleep to refresh and strengthen our brain. So over the course of day, you're just, everything gets tired.
0: I think that's right. I don't know. Again, I I have no idea the mechanism behind that, but they have shown that we tend to make poorer and poorer decisions the more decisions that we make. Uh, And yes, sleep is a great way to reset that decision-making capacity. A good night's sleep is very helpful and restorative for our decision-making capacity. But yep, the other thing restorative, a walk, especially a walk in nature.
1: Just refreshes your brain.
0: Seems to refresh your brain.
1: And your decision-making capacity. So I guess that's that's the thing. So if you have a particularly big or significant or even a small but significant decision to make later in the day, go for a walk first.
0: Yeah. Try to avoid that constant on, on, on for six or eight hours, because by the end of that, you're just not going to be processing the way you need to. I know people who say they won't make any meaningful decisions after noon, after 12 o'clock, No big decisions. Really? Yep. Interesting. I think that would actually be good advice for me.
1: And I'm wondering if this decision-making boost is also tied in to the creativity. Because if you are more creative, you will find different solutions, different perspectives, maybe different, uh, more creative ways of looking one side or the other or both sides of the decision that you are trying to make, right? Doesn't that all sort of ties together with a nice bow? Uh,
0: totally. And people do tend to look at these as separate kind of functions, but I I agree. And then you add to that the fact that your brain is communicating better in different regions of your brain also seems to be tied to that to my layman's brain. <laughs>
1: Love it how it all comes together.
0: Next is memory. Again, I think it's all really related, but they have seen improvements in memory. So walking what I should have done, I I think about this sometimes. When I was in law school, I would sit in my favorite cubby in the library, right? Everybody has their favorite spots. I think you've talked about this. You had your favorite spot in the the library in college or grad school? I,
1: I had two in college. So I had my social spot where I knew that if I sat where all the sort of all my friends were sitting and if I was not particularly pressured, I could take a break and chit chat. And this, I think, was also like one of the floors where you were allowed to talk. But then I also had my favorite Heidi spot where no one would look for me. No one would find me. Every now and then someone else would stumble across me and be like, hey, what are you doing here? I'm like, Shh, try to work. So I had two spots. So anyway, you had yours.
0: I had my spot. Oh, went, God, I would get mad if somebody was in my spot. <laughs> but anyway, after class, I would sit in that spot for hours. So when I was in law school, my technique was to treat law school like a job. So I worked eight, nine straight hours, and I didn't do that kind of all-night grind thing. Uh, and it worked for me. But nevertheless, I would sit in that spot for hours. And clearly what I should have done, which I never did, was take a walk between classes and studying or mid-study because the research shows that it just helps you encode memory.
1: And is this walking sort of after you've absorbed some material is going to help it encode or walking before or both? All of the above, right?
0: I think all of the above.
1: Yeah. So just whenever you're looking to study your kids whatever just more walking
0: uh, and then there's a, a really interesting a little study but it's really kind of fun which shows if you're trying to remember something sort of short-term memory they say try walking backwards Oh, I've heard that, and you don't have to re necessarily rewalk your steps. If you're trying to remember where you left your keys, it's not necessarily about walking back to where it was. Start. It's just something they believe about the act of walking backwards helps to trigger that short-term memory and remind you where you left something. Now, I've never tried this myself, and it sounds a little, a little hard to believe. But I, we should probably test this next time. I I can't remember where I left, like say my phone, my keys my glasses. So if I can't find my glasses, the first place to look is on my head. But if they're not there, then maybe it's about trying to work backwards. walk backwards.
1: Yeah, I couldn't find my glasses yesterday. And I have many pair of glasses around the house, so it's not an issue. But I only have one pair at the office. And I'm looking and I can't find them. So the first thing I do is touch the top of my head. They're not there. Looking, looking, looking. And then I Touched around my collar. I had dropped them, uh, you know, you hang them from your collar and there they were. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what else are you thinking about brain and walking? Uh, well,
1: your brain is all, is your mood and walking has huge impact on your mood, right? What's the, what's who is it? Socrates, if you're in a bad mood, go for a walk. If you're still in a bad mood, go for another walk.
0: Is that a Socrates quote?
1: It's an old quote like it's one of those not Socrates.
0: I have no idea. I don't think so.
1: <laughs> it could be Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody said it.
0: Somebody said it. Right. All right. We'll try to figure out who said it. Yes. So, walking is is tremendously beneficial for your mood. We've talked about that a ton. It boosts your happiness hormones. We've talked about that. It reduces your cortisol levels uh, and it is really an effective, it can be very effective for bad moods, depression, crappy days, all the things.
1: Yeah, serotonin, the endorphins, all all the happy hormones that come out when you walk. So all kinds of good stuff going on in your brain when you go for a walk.
0: So a couple of last things to think about when we're talking about brain health Interestingly, though our brain is such a small percentage of our overall body, it uses a ton of the glucose. So there's, <clears throat> excuse me, some really interesting studies that show that people perform better if they're feeling fatigued, mentally fatigued, with some sugar. Now I'm not suggesting that that's the way, that's the way to get through it, but it is interesting to show how much our brain is fueled by the food and nutrition we take in and how much energy this little glob between our ears requires to function well.
1: You know, we always think about glucose and muscles. Right. Right. And I mean, I was talking about this before, alluding to the fact that your brain isn't technically a muscle, but in certain ways it, it sort of reminds me of one. And one of those is that it needs
0: glucose to function at its best. So blood sugar levels are important when it comes to brain health, for sure. And another theory that I, I've heard, and there I, I've actually interviewed some people about this, and there's some conflicting thoughts around this, but walking fires up your uh, cardiovascular system, obviously, right? It makes the blood move through your body. And your brain also uses a tremendous amount of oxygen,
1: Right. You processing this? Yeah, I am. (laughs) And and again, that's comparable to to our our muscles and just makes a a whole ton of sense. But as we're talking about glucose, and I'm making a leap here again and not a scientist, but we've talked in other podcasts about how a post-meal walk is so good for you and can level out your your glucose and your blood sugar by going for a post-meal walk so also great for your brain it's going to help with long-term thinking as opposed to a a glucose spike and just let your brain function better
0: is that your professional opinion
1: (laughs) it is my absolutely unprofessional opinion but still it's my opinion
0: you are entitled to that opinion it makes a whole lot of sense you know and part of this is as we were talking about the researchers do, have not reached a true consensus on why it is. What exactly are the mechanisms involved? And some of them have their theories and will argue that they are right. But since they disagree, I argue that there's no clear consensus on exactly the key mechanism by which walking helps our brain in so many ways. But the research shows that it absolutely does.
1: Well, it's it's interesting, and this sort of goes back, brings to mind your Uncle Bob. And your Uncle Bob is a certified card-carrying super genius.
0: He is a certified card-carrying super genius.
1: (laughs) And in his later career, I I was talking to him once, and he... Did you understand
0: anything he said?
1: Very little, but this stuck (laughs) with me all of his current research and he's studied all kinds of things and nuclear physics and crazy stuff but his later in his career he really focused his research on the brain he said this is really the one of the great mysteries still and this was uh, this was maybe 10 years ago but i'm i'm sure they made progress but not completely cracked the brain no pun intended There's just so much that we don't know. So, like, the whys of all this is like, I don't know. But the important thing is the the what's.
0: Absolutely. So, walking helps your brain in both the short and the long term. I think we need a walk this morning.
1: I definitely.